Well, friends, today on Walk in Truth, we start a new study in the exciting book of Revelation. And the word revelation has the heart of the meaning. It's to reveal or unveil. And today, as we introduce the book, we're going to look at four different views of revelation. Talk about what people have believed over the ages and why. It's an in-depth look and an introduction to the book that I think you'll find exciting and intriguing. So put on your thinking cap and get ready to listen to an opening in the book of Revelation today on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, we want to let you know that this is a listener-supported ministry. Call with your gift at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. The word takos is where we get the word tachometer. So it's the the Greek word from which we get the word tachometer. It's an instrument used to determine the speed of an engine. So those who, who hold a more futurist view say shortly in this sense means when it starts to happen, it will happen suddenly. We might say it this way. I'm going to come over to your house and do a wedding ceremony. And I might say to you, the wedding ceremony will be brief. And you'll say, yeah, right, Pastor Michael, nothing you do is brief. (laughs) Amen. I'm with you. All right. But if I said to you, it'll be a brief ceremony when I get there and things start, I'm saying it's going to move with rapidity or rapidly. Okay. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about two different views. Some people say, no, it just means shortly. It just means it's going to happen quick. It's got to be in their lifetime, the audience that received this. And others say, no, what it means is when it starts, it will happen rapidly. You all know that you've heard a lot of talk about the seven years or the 70th week of Daniel. And you know that the book of Revelation focuses on those seven years. And a large portion of it is the last three and a half years. Well, that would be a rapid progression from end times events to the return of Christ and the setting up of a new Jerusalem and so forth. And so that's why there are scholars in the futurist camp who say you can't hang your hat on this word because it does, uh, you know, it can mean with rapidness. I I think here's where we need to show a couple of examples. Turn to Romans 16 for a second. Romans 16. Romans 16, we're going to look at verse 20 together. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Romans 16, look at verse 20. It says, this is a a doxology at the end of the book. It's a moment of praise to God. And it says, the God of peace, Romans 16, 20, will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus or our Lord Jesus be with you. See the word soon there? That's the same word we're dealing with for shortly. And tacky. It's, uh, he will soon crush Satan. Now, has, has Satan been crushed under the Lord's feet? Well, you could say, well, Jesus crushed Satan at the cross, but Romans 16 is written after the cross, right? So, what does it mean he will soon crush Satan under your feet? It could mean that when he does it, it will be rapid. It will be bam. When Satan takes puts his boxing gloves on and decides he's going to fight God. How quick will the match be? Jesus Christ is going to slay the Antichrist, 2 Thessalonians 2.8, with the appearance of the glory of his coming and the breath of his mouth. Bam! It's going to be a short fight. Rapid. Everybody with me? 
It's going to go quick. Um, since we're in the book of Revelation, skip ahead to Revelation 20. Revelation 20, look at verse 9. Satan's been released here, and they came up, Revelation 29, on the broad plain of the earth, surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. Would you call that rapid? I would. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Here's the idea of rapid. Satan will be soon crushed under your feet. When it happens, it will happen rapidly. But I'm not sure that for our preterist friends and brothers that it's a good case to be made that it means shortly or within the window of time of the original audience. One more, Luke 18. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go to Luke 18. Jesus is addressing end times subject matter. Luke 18. And he says these words. Luke 18, verse 7. Luke 18, 7. He says, Now shall not God, Luke 18, 7, bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night, and will he delay long over them? I tell you, Luke 18, 8, that he will bring about justice for them. What's your Bible say there? Quickly or speedily. There's our word again, en teke. Speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, context, second coming, will he find faith on the earth? Do you see that the word speedily can mean with rapidness when the event occurs. The context of Luke 18, 7 and 8 is certainly the end of the age, the return of Christ, and the same phrase is used. And so, with all due respect to our predators, friends, back to Revelation, I would just say that that is not the best argument to hang your hat on. Although I would say it's not something to ignore. I think it is compelling, and I think you have to wrestle with it. We're still in verse 1. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> This is an introduction to the book, so it's all right. The things which must shortly take place, middle of one, and he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John. So he sent and communicated it. The word for communicated there in Greek is semeno, S-E-M-A-I-N-O. It's closely related, related to the word sign, and it is a good indication of what's ahead that the book of Revelation will be largely written in signs and symbols. So when you see sent and communicated there, you have the idea of sign or semeno, largely written in symbolic fashion. Just quickly, examples. Peoples, nations, and spiritual beings are going to be depicted as animals. Jesus is depicted as a lamb. What does he have there? Seven horns and seven eyes. Just a newsflash, Jesus is not literally a lamb, nor does he have seven horns or seven eyes. This is symbolic language. Now, his being a lamb speaks of his redemption as the lamb of God, John 1.29. Seven is a number of completion or perfection, and horns in the Old Testament and New speaks of power, he has perfect power, and his seven eyes speaks of his omniscience. But it's still symbolism. Everybody with me? So when you read the book of Revelation, you, you use the literal principle of interpretation. What is that? 
It means you take things in the sense in which they were intended. When Jesus says, I am the door, he doesn't mean I am a brass handle and a block of wood with hinges. He means I am the way to God. The literal principle of interpretation doesn't mean that you take everything in a wooden literal sense. It means that you take writers in the sense in which they meant a statement. Example, if I said to you, the other day it was raining cats and dogs. You wouldn't think I was saying it was (laughs) coming down, right? You know I am using symbolic or metaphorical language to say it was raining hard. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he is not saying, I am oral wheat. (laughs) He is saying, I am the sustenance of God. When you take me in spiritually, you will be fed and full and complete. So we're going to see that many times. We're going to see beasts and things with horns. And uh, the devil, for example, is depicted as a dragon and a serpent. Which one is he, a dragon or a serpent? He's neither. He's a spiritual entity. He was a beautiful angel, perhaps one of the archangels. He is non-corporeal. What's that mean? He doesn't have a body. He's not a dragon or a serpent. I know he probably possessed a serpent in the book of uh, Genesis, but, but what we're saying is, in essence, he's neither of these. But they depict things about him. He has serpent-like qualities. He has dragon-like qualities. Revelation 12. We'll get there. Um, we have an animal with seven heads and ten horns that's said to rule the world, Revelation 13.1. We're going to meet a bride in Revelation 19, the church, and we're going to meet a harlot. The harlot is drunk with the blood of saints and martyrs, Revelation 17 and 18. But these, the bride and the harlot also depict cities, Mystery Babylon and the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem seems to be dressed as a bride adorned for her husband. Is she a city? Or is she the church? Well, this is where symbolism comes in. There's much symbolism here. Mystery Babylon is symbolized. I do not think Mystery Babylon is the Babylon that now sits in the area of Iraq. Some people hold that. I think it's more symbolic. I think it's saying that it has Babylon-like qualities. Many theologians say that Mystery Babylon is a worldwide empire and even a worldwide political and religious system. But we're not necessarily to take this literally. I'm not saying that there aren't some numbers in the Bible not to take, or in Revelation not to take literally because there can be. 144,000 may be a literal number in Revelation 7. Two witnesses I take as two witnesses. And so there are going to be some that, you know, are plainly literal. Here's an example. In chapter 2, verse 20, there's a woman that Jesus addresses named Jezebel. She's in a church corrupting people to commit idolatry and sexual immorality. Is her real name Jezebel? Probably not. But Jesus calls her Jezebel because she has Jezebel-like qualities like the Jezebel in the Old Testament who did the very same thing, caused the Israelites to fall into idolatry and sexual immorality. Here's another one. Jerusalem is spiritually or mystically called Sodom and Egypt in Revelation 11.8. This is a good example of symbolism. We know where the Lord was crucified is what the text says is not Egypt or Sodom. But Jerusalem has come, become or is symbolized by these nations. In fact, Zahn holds that by designating Jerusalem as Sodom, the author is indicating that the city has already fallen 
and therefore the late date is given further credence. I'll let you chew on that one. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to get the Revelation DVD series by Pastor Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ and how he speaks to his church in words of condemnation and correction. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and many other intriguing truths that expose God's plan for planet Earth, the unbelieving world, and his church. Join Michael Lance in a DVD series of this dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVD teaching The Mark of the Beast, The Seven Seals, and The New Heaven and New Earth. All available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Click on store. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. The author is indicating that the city has already fallen, and therefore the late date is given further credence. I'll let you chew on that one. There is a chain of revelatory disclosure in verse 1. Five parties are involved, back to Revelation 1, verse 1. And uh, we're winding down for tonight. They are God, Jesus, the angel, John who wrote it down, and the servants of God who receive it. One more time. The five parties involved in the revelatory chain of disclosure are God, Jesus, the angel, John who wrote it down, and the servants of God. And so it comes to them. Verse (laughs) 2. Who bore witness. The word witness is martyrio. It's where we get the word martyr. It used to be just a witness in a court of law or somebody who witnessed something, and it came to be known as a faithful witness who was willing to die for their faith. Marturio, who bore witness to the word of God. This is what John bore witness to, the word of God, and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, and uh, even to all that he saw. In this case, John is truly a seer. What do you mean, Pastor Michael? S-E-E-R. I mean, a seer is a prophet. And a prophet is communicating what he saw. John will give visions and symbolism. Does he know what everything means that he sees? I doubt it. But what he's going to communicate is what he sees. God says, write down what you see. Put it in a book. And John's going to do that. He's He's telling us, I wrote down what I saw. And I bear witness to the word of God. John was an eyewitness of many things. Uh, that he saw. He touched and saw Jesus Christ. He saw the crucifixion. He experienced the resurrected Christ. He talks about the, the Lagos in John 1.1, the Lamb in John 1.29, living water. These are all themes we'll see in the book of Revelation. Being an overcomer from First John to the book of Revelation. He says, what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father. 
and with his son, Jesus Christ. This is the disciple who bears witness of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his witness is true. I just read John, 1 John 1.3 and John 21.24. John says, Many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in his name, John 20, 30, and 31. And now a blessing, verse 3. And this is where we'll end tonight. Blessed, Revelation 1, 3, the word blessed is fortunate, well-off, oh, how happy. This is what scholars call is the first of seven beatitudes in the book of Revelation. If you're interested, the others are Revelation 14, 13, 16, 15, 19, 9, 20, verse 6, 22, 7, and verse 14. Go back and listen to it. We'll have it online pretty soon. Blessed is he who reads, those who hear the words. Often in these climates, people were not all, uh, did not all have the ability to read. Those who read, those who hear the words of the prophecy, and what? Heed the things that are written in it, for the time is near. Jesus said, See to it that no one mislead you, Luke 21, 8, for many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time is at hand, do not go after them. We have to be careful, but we need to read, understand, and heed the word of God. In Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, somebody said, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. And Jesus said, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Do you want to be blessed? It's not just about hearing God's word. It's about what? Heeding it. We want to be people who hear and heed. If you just are merely a hearer and not a doer, Jesus said, I'll show you what that person is like. That person is like a person who built their house on sand. And the storm came and the wind blew and it beat hard against that house, and that house fell. And many scholars believe when Jesus uses this language, he's talking about the ultimate judgment and people falling under the judgment because they didn't build their house upon Jesus Christ for no other foundation can be laid except that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. I'll show you another man. He hears my words, and he does them. He's like a man who built his house on the rock. And the same wind came, the same storm, the same flood, the same rain, and it beat against that house, and that house did not fall. The key to blessing is to hear and heed the word of God. Read and heed, if you want to put it that way. A word about everyone's personal eschatology, because I know when we, we read the book of Revelation, we get excited about end time stuff. The story is told about a man who was walking on the beach, He found washed up on the sand a used magic lamp. When the genie answered his rub, he told told him that the lamp contained but one remaining wish. The man pondered for a moment and then requested a, a copy of the stock page from the local newspaper dated exactly one year later. In a puff of smoke, the genie was gone, and in his place was the financial news. Gleefully, the man sat down to peruse his trophy. He could invest with certainty, knowing the winners and losers one year in advance. He'd be a wealthy man. As the paper fell into his lap, it turned over by the wind 
to the obituary column found on the reverse side of the page. And the name on the top of the list, well, you guessed it, was his. A word about personal eschatology. When we talk about timing of the rapture and your different views of the end times, you know, Jesus is going to come when God has fixed that date, right? We know God has fixed a day when he will judge the world. The date is on God's calendar. God knows the date. But we're all a heartbeat away from eternity, and we don't even have tomorrow promised to us. So when we go out and witness, we can use the idea of an end time scenario, certainly to witness to people, but don't you think that it's also relevant to say to people, you don't even know if you have tomorrow, brother. <laughs> Get right with God. Well, if, if the end times start to unfold, uh, tell me about that Antichrist guy one, once again, and then I'll become a Christian. No, you, you could die tonight. I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Your life's a vapor. It's here today. It's gone to, tomorrow. So we need to read and heed. You see, your life counts, not only for time, but for eternity. Well, Father, we are grateful for this introductory study in the book of Revelation, and I wish we had more time, but we'll make it up next week. But we do know it's an exciting book. There's a lot to know, a lot to learn, and I'm sure that folks are going to need to maybe review this information or um, go back and revisit this on their own study. But I do know this, Lord, you have promised a blessing to those who read, hear, and heed the book of Revelation, and for that matter, all of Revelation, the whole Bible, all 66 books are breathed out by God. Would you breathe into us tonight, Lord, things that you want us to hold on to from your holy word? Your word is inspired, profitable, for reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So Lord, breathe into us tonight. Some of us need refreshment. Some of us need bolstered faith. Some of us need a word from you just to be encouraged. Whatever it may be tonight, a healing. Lord, uh, just assurance that you're on the throne and you know where we're at tonight. Just pray you'd minister to your people. And with your head and heart bowed, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't know this one who's on the throne, who's conquered sin and death, or you need to rededicate, you've been running from him, tonight would be a great night to get right. And just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be my Savior, my Lord, my King. I confess my sin. I repent of it. And I trust you. Pray it right now if it's you. I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. Save me, Lord God. Make me what you want me to be. Lord, thank you for this opening night of Revelation. We're excited. I'm excited for the people who have come out tonight. And I pray that the rest of the study, you'll bless it, show us glorious things from your word, build us up so that we can be people who hear, read, and heed your word and make a difference while we yet have breath in our lungs. We love you, we worship you, and we ask all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Amen. You know, it is a privilege to study the Bible, to have a Bible. There are some of our brothers and sisters that are persecuted that struggle even to have their own copy of the scriptures. So let's make sure that we really take advantage of getting into the book of Revelation. I am excited that you're along with this journey of studying Revelation, studying through the book, and it's going to be fun. So stay on with us and tell a friend. 
Now, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. I am Pastor Michael Lance. I'd like to encourage you to visit our website as we have some DVDs about the book of Revelation that I'm sure would be of interest to you or a friend of yours or both. There's one about the seven seals. There's one about the new heaven and earth. And there's even a teaching on the mark of the beast. Now, you can order these DVDs online when you visit walkintruth.com. Just click on the store tab. You can also call us during regular business hours at 844-48-TRUTH, and we'd love to hear from you, 844-48-TRUTH. Now, just an FYI that Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I get the privilege of serving as senior pastor. We're located in the city of Corona, and you should come and visit us this Sunday. Come on out. We'd love to meet you. Love to have you experience some services at Living Truth. Especially if you're not currently fellowshipping somewhere and you can get out, you're not shut in, you're not limited to getting around. We want to encourage you to come to one of the services. Get back plugged into church, man. We need that fellowship. There's two service times at Living Truth, 9 and 11, 15 a.m. This Sunday, we have a Meet the Pastors right after the first service. It's at 1030. I would love to meet you, so come and hang out. Meet me and the other great pastors at Living Truth. You can check out the church or just come and visit us and let us know that you're partnering with us in radio. You're part of our listening family. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. You can learn more when you click the visit tab at walkintruth.com. Now come back tomorrow as we will really begin to dive into the book of Revelation. We'll do a message called The Unveiling as we get an in-depth look at the person and the glory of Jesus Christ. Until then, God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.